You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm so excited for today's guest. She's a major inspiration of mine over the last several years, and I'm just excited to have you learn from her. Before we hop to our interview, I just wanted to say happy Aries season, everybody. Normally, I don't I don't feel super affected by the sun signs changing, but oh my gosh, Pisces season which we just got out of, felt felt a bit sluggish for me. I normally am just like super over the top with energy, but lately it just it's been hard to get up and like tackle every day. Some things that have really helped me when I was feeling low energy and just kind of like uninspired. Top of the list always meditation. I love using the to be magnetic daily practices just kind of for whatever I'm feeling in that moment. They're a bit longer. They're like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if I have the time, I'll do the full thing. And if not, I try to find a short one that's like 10 minutes and just take a moment and move on with kind of like the low energy that I'm feeling. And then secondly, I like to get outside every day, even for just a little bit. I know this is like so many people say to do this and it's so simple, but sometimes it's like it's work, right? To get outside, especially when you live in, you know, colder places like Minnesota, it's, it's cold. So just to get outside, get some sun. And then the final thing is I'm starting to explore the world of habit stacking, especially as a parent. I just find that like when I'm in the zone, when I'm actually like in a, in a productive flow, I just, I want to stay there and I want to crank out a bunch of work. And then when I'm done, I mean, like I really want to detach and move on and be with family. So it's a journey. I'm, I'm, finding a balance. Maybe I'll do an episode on this coming up. I haven't read the book Atomic Habits yet, but everyone suggests that. So when I get to it, it's in my it's in my library basket right now. So hopefully I'll tackle it and share with you. Okay, speaking of self-care, of inspiration, we have a self-care queen on the show today, Ambie Kavanaugh. Such a funny story, everybody. So I first heard Ambie on the podcast That's So Retrograde like years ago. Highly recommend That's So Retrograde. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's so funny. And I was just immediately taken with how Ambie approached astrology and how she talked about, you know, what was going on in the world. This was all pre-COVID, you know, but she was just so positive, so inspiring, but also really like real, honest about the world that we live in. And last year... In December, well, I guess it's December 2019, <laughs> right before all the shenanigans, 
a girlfriend and I just decided we needed to get away from the cold and we saw that Ambi was doing a sound bath with the hosts of That's So Retrograde at this awesome meditation studio in LA called The Den. So we just decided to go make a weekend out of it. We flew out to LA. We did a bunch of like fun LA things and at the top of the list was this amazing sound bath with Ambi and it was so perfect. It was just like oh my gosh, I I can like still feel the coziness of being in that room and like resting and feeling the vibration just envelop me. It was, it was pretty much like the ultimate send off into a year of quarantine. (laughs) So ironic, really. So I'm, I'm so grateful to have experienced Ambie's amazing gifts in real life. And I wanted her to come on the show today to talk about how she uses her intuitive gifts, her knowledge of astrology, and just so much information that she has as a parent, how she's applied this in her role as a caregiver. You know, she talks about how she conceived her son using the information we can gather from astrology. Um, She talks about how she is leaning into her self-care now in this next phase of life. It's just so much helpful information in here, not just for parents, but, you know, for anyone that's looking to use magic in a really tangible real life way. So Amy Kavanaugh is a certified Reiki master. She's an astrologer. She's a sound healer, a life coach, and host of the podcast Alchemy with Amby, which is awesome. I highly recommend. She was formerly an entertainment lawyer and an on-air legal expert in London before becoming a wellness leader in LA. Over the years, she's performed thousands of her signature chakra balancing soul astrology sound baths and was recommended by Vogue as the go-to sound bath in LA. (laughs) She appeared in very notable wellness conferences, including performing a sound bath at the opening ceremony at the 2019 InGoop Health event. And her first book, Chakras and Self-Care, was published by Penguin Random House in 2020. She's a busy woman, but also so in tune with rest and what needs to happen in order to take care of herself so that she can take care of her beautiful family. I'm so happy to have her on the show. Thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Boca. Boca is my favorite clean dental care. I love their toothpaste. And Yoga Magic listeners get 15% off at boca.com with the code Yoga Magic. Okay, everyone, let's hop to our chat with Ambie Kavanaugh. Um, we're sitting down today with Ambie Kavanaugh, who I've been a major fan of for a long time, even flew out to LA to hear <laughs> to perform a sound bath and really just <laughs> learned so much from you for so long. Thanks for being on the show, Ambie. I'm honored. Oh, thank you, Ashley, for having me. And I wish I'd have actually known that you were there in one of my last sound baths that I did right. before everything went crazy. It would have been nice to have talked to you in person, but hopefully we'll get to meet in person again. I hope so too. It's funny because that was December of 19, 2019. And I think there was just like this kind of a little bit of a calm before the storm. We were all like blissfully mm. enjoying our time. And and now I look back and I remember like every detail of that experience. I think because of that reason, right? Like it's ingrained yes. and just, you're so no, grateful. I- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it was the last semblance of normality before everything went crazy. And so it's just, just, you know, being around people, having you sandwiched in a sound bath, like lying down, you know, (laughs) breathing the same air as someone else. And me just not even thinking about the fact that, you know, I had a newborn at home and just like very casual and relaxed. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, hopefully that's a lesson, you know, it's a memory that we can all hold in our hearts to 
to hold on to for you know when we things do go back to normal yeah well I have enjoyed you know your sound baths digitally I mean they're not exactly the same but it is a nice option um can you just tell listeners about you and all the things the many hats that you wear um because you do a lot (laughs) (laughs) I know and I kind of yes um so I mean I guess I consider myself to be kind of modern day alchemist I just try to bring transformation and positive change through to people through a number of different ways I've done this through life coaching which I've been doing for the last 11 years I've done this through Reiki sessions and healing sessions teaching people Reiki training them in Reiki I've done this through astrology um, which is you know I have my unique version of astrology called soul astrology and now I've kind of expanded into you know having a podcast in the last couple of years which has been a really nice way to kind of reach more people and uh, and also launching other businesses which kind of have products that help people so yes I do I'm a bit of one of those slightly embarrassed to say kind of multi-hyphenate um people in wellness but you know really I'm just trying to help people and that's kind of my main goal in life is to help people transform their lives in some kind of a way and to inspire them and I do it through these different tools because I'm interested in different things and because these are the different tools that helped me create change in my life and I feel like as though in truth I'm I was kind of my first client or student and so you know just uh I pop up now and then with a sound bath or some astro insight or a podcast that's kind of self you know self-help personal development and it's all just alchemy Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. the name comes Alchemy with Ambi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? So you said um, that your specific version of astrology, which I really resonate with, I love evolutionary astrology, and I just I like in general how you how you use the the cosmos to really translate to the world. How can you explain that for for everyone that's listening? Just like kind yeah. of your flair on it. So you know, so astrology was born was let, given to me in a meditation, a name when I was going through seven years ago when I was going through a really challenging time, um, just because of all these transits that I was going through in my chart, and that was causing huge obstacles and challenges in my personal life, professional life, every aspect of my life. And so I took my obsession with astrology further than sort of sunshine astrology and started to really study these astrological transits and understand them in more depth and sort of not going, Oh my God, this is happening to me. So, okay, this is happening for me. What, what can I do to work with this energy? And so I started to look less as uh, astrology as being um, a form of predicting your life and more as a tool to help you navigate certain challenges that you would inevitably go through as a human being, but that you could overcome and grow through going through these challenges and also to take advantage of more harmonious transit so it's really studying sort of the science of astrology in many ways and how it impacted somebody and I was my first uh, student and client and then I took this work and spread it to friends who would come and sit in you know a moon moon cycle we'd do sort of kind of these moon circles sorry for the new moon and full moon every month and then that expanded into readings and clients and the membership and really I just use astrology as a practical tool to help people to do the kind of journaling prompts and self-reflection that helps them tap into the bigger aspects that are going on in the cosmos that are affecting us on planet Earth. So it's very, very practical. It's also quite straightforward in many ways. Um, And it's not about kind of understanding this. It's not about sort of discussing this esoteric topic in a really flowery language that, you know, is meaningful and, um, 
impactful in some ways, but doesn't actually have very much practical impact on your life. Like I'm very grounded in that sense. So I'm really interested in what's going on in your life and how can we make things better for you as a person and how can you grow as a person and how can you overcome this kind of thing so that's what led to kind of the soul astrology and then the sound baths sound healing was a huge part of um my healing journey myself back in 2008 in London is the first time I had a gong and I became addicted to these gong baths and found them so transformative as healing experiences and so through the sound baths that I've created with soul astrology, I'm actually harnessing the the power of the planet through these planetary gongs and bringing those energies and vibrations into the sound bath experience, which is a really extraordinary and wonderful gift to be able to share, to experience and to share with others. So that's kind of how I guess my, my astrology is different. It's very much using sound as well as practical astrology for life coaching. Hmm. I love, I love that. And, and I think it is easy for especially astrology newbies. I think astrology is just Mm. like so trendy right now, but it's so easy to look at, I'm not going to say trendy, but just, I feel like everyone all of a sudden is interested Yeah, people that I wasn't even expecting. And they're looking at their charts and they pull only up, you know, the negative they say, Oh, well this, they they make excuses almost about who they are, where what I hear you're saying is you're using the gifts. I mean, you're using this in a way that it's like, let's just amplify your, your many gifts and also be realistic about it. But, you know, we're not going to the dark place when you look at your no. birth chart. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm a Sagittarius and I'm a half, bar, a half glass, glass half full. That's the expression. Yeah. I'm a glass half full kind of girl. I'm an optimist. And so for me, totally. it's saying, you know, let me look at somebody's chart and I'm not going to tell them, oh, this for you or you're never going to get married because of this or you know so people say right. dreadful things in reading instead I'm going to say okay so there's duality in your chart there's duality in what's going on at the moment in the cosmos and how it's impacting your life and duality means yin and yang it means challenges and it means light and it means our challenge for us as the human being should we choose to accept it is to work with those energies anything can be transformed and ultimately that kind of leads to astrology back to alchemy and it's this idea that I have that you know we Every single life experience is pushing us to change and to grow in some kind of a way. And that that, that life is also constantly in a state of flux. We're constantly evolving. We're changing. We're moving through different seasons of life and different chapters that require different things from us. And I I, I think that if we can accept that, then there's so much less resistance to um. And, and so much more acceptance of the challenging times and mm-hmm. there's so much more growth that can occur. Plus you also, you know, and I think I posted something like this on Instagram the other day of sort of, it's not about like the destination. It's about the journey really. Right. So let's just enjoy the journey. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? Yes. Yes. And I, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I feel like as a parent, I, I'm trying every day to enjoy the journey. And I know that you're in this too. You're in the the thick of it and all the Mm -hmm. spiritual tools, right? We've got the tools. We know the things we do, the meditations. And I'm still so many days. I'm just like, I'm drowning. Like, this is so hard. It's just so hard. Um, I'm really, I would love to get your, your insight into, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Conscious parenting, if you will, using spirituality as a parent. And I know that, you talked about, you know, on your blog about some of the transits and the things that you were observing when you were conceiving your child, when you were planning yeah. and that struggle, would you be able to share how you yeah. use the cosmos? Well, I mean, I think there's some, some great questions. I mean, I think the first one about conceiving him was, 
you know, I got married later in life. I had my first baby later. I had him at 42. And no, I'm not, not a spring chicken <laughs> doing it. And so I knew that age could be potentially challenging because even though my, my 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 statistics and my blood work was all really good, it's just kind of, you know, when you reach a certain age, things change in your body. But I also knew looking at my chart, I could see that it was going to be challenging for us. It was going to be challenging for us to, and we probably were going to have a bit of a journey. And actually, when I look back at it, we tried for 18 months um, and the challenges that were there were due to Saturn, who is the planet that puts you through tests, restrictions, can make you feel a little bit depressed, can, but it's really trying to build a proper structure in your life. Going through my fifth house, which is the house of children, the house of procreation, et cetera. And we tried for 18 months. We did four fertility treatments. I had two procedures on my uterus and we ended up getting pregnant just before we were about to start IVF, which was kind of bonkers. Mm. It was literally, I was waiting for my period so that we could start our first round of IVF and I felt pregnant and naturally, and I had a healthy pregnancy and a healthy, beautiful baby boy who I delivered naturally and just everything went really smoothly. And I could see in my chart, my husband and I sat down at the beginning of our fertility journey, um, you know, when we were newly married and we went to see a doctor just because we were like, let's just go and see and get checked out. We were checked out. We were completely fine. They actually said, just try by yourselves for a while um, Mm -hmm. because both of you are really healthy and you're, you're, you know your blood work doesn't look like somebody your age you look like somebody a lot younger blah blah so we but we sat down and I said to him listen I see what's in my chart and I see what's in your chart so I'm looking ahead and I'm saying even if we're having these challenges I feel like there's a year that's going to come that's going to bring us the blessing that we want in terms of expanding our family and I think that gave me faith all along but, you know, what was pretty ironic was at that point, I was also in the, the, the kind of spiritual side of me was also being tested by the logical side of me and the doctors and the statistics. And oh, you're getting older and oh, my gosh, we know four failed IUIs. You need to do IVF and like medical intervention and all of these kind of things. And it was very hard to ignore those real, you know, fears that were coming up of shit, right. you know, have I, not to swear, but have I left it too late? You know, have I left it too late? Should I be doing this? And I was very resistant to IVF. But when I look at what happened, Jupiter, who's the planet of luck and expansion and healing was hovering over my sun sign that when we conceived him. Mm. And because of his retrograde motion, when I delivered him, Jupiter was also very near my sun. So it was like Jupiter, when you think the sun is like the essence of the person and you think that Jupiter is this healer and expander, it's as though Jupiter's gift to me was like, yeah, here you go. Like, here's your baby, you know, here's this gift (laughs) from the cosmos. And so I feel extremely grateful. And it's definitely a tool that I encourage ladies who, you know, or people who are going through any kind of challenge in their life or any kind of trying to achieve a certain goal, just like understand what's going on not because like it's all doom and gloom if you've got Saturn somewhere in your chart or, oh, it's all just going to be love and light if you've got Jupiter somewhere in your chart, but just understand because having that context gives you something else to rely on other than just the day-to-day facts and life and statistics and, you know, all these different opinions. Like it just gives you another framework through which to navigate these things. So I feel very lucky that that happened. And also, you know, I joke a lot online about how I'm a hashtag Virgo rising. I really relate to my rising sign of Virgo. Um, And my baby, our little boy is a Virgo. And that was just kind of (laughs) so aligned with our child, both mine and my husband's. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's just what we get the children that we need for our journeys. You know, I really believe that. Um, I don't know what your kiddies are. 
or what you're yes finding. i have an aries i have an aries um eldest and an aquarius youngest and we're oh. planning for more so we'll see where that Yay! goes and i love that it's funny that so do you feel like your son is virgo like does he have that oh sun virgo energy because when they're kids i feel like there's no conditioning so they just embrace their sun sign yeah you know like they are to their fullest do you agree <laughs> i 100 percent agree yeah. my son when i when i saw that he was going to be a virgo i was like oh wow this guy is going to love his routine and order this guy is so amy retentive i can't tell you he's like <laughs> he loves his order he loves he's just like I mean, he's been like this since he was a tiny baby. So like, it's been so, and, and that really worked for me, to be honest, because I really like order because of my Virgo rising. Like I love things to be in order. So yeah. we just had a very seamless, I mean, he's been really easy as a child to like, deal with. And also, but having said that, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shadow side of every sign, right? So like I can see like him being sort of aimly retentive, just like me, I, I can also be like this, is not necessarily always a good thing because sometimes you can be too fixed in your ways about certain things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're having to sort of, as he's getting a little bit older, he's going to be 18 months um, eighteen months old this month. You know, we're having to sort of just like teach him like, okay, not everything is exactly the same every single day. Like <laughs> if you try a different type of food, you don't need to freak out and throw it across the room. <laughs> or, you know, right. if you go into, go into this, go on this walk, which is not your same walk every day. Like it doesn't have to be the same every single day. I mean, he's very, very pernickety, this little boy, um, which is funny because I love it, but I'm also like, it's one of my flaws, right? <laughs> it's like one of my flaws. And I'm seeing that in him, that he's kind of like, oh, I don't want to eat like, we have these little Annie's bunnies that he eats, these little, not real bunnies, obviously, just like these little cheese things. And if it's broken, if it's broken, he'll give it to me. He's like, I don't want that. And I'm just like, oh my God, we've got to watch for this guy being a perfectionist. I love that. I, the stories of, of kids in their true sun sign forms is it's like my favorite. Like I'll find, I'll get pictures of my girls at school and I mean, they see it at home too, but it's so funny. Cause I'm like, do they act like this outside of home too? And I can see my youngest who's an Aquarius and everybody's playing together in this little photo and she's off on the side, like staring at a, like a, some sort of block. <laughs> that is so Aquarius. Oh my God. And, and I love it. So adorable. I, I love that. But I think that, you know, this, I think the gift that we've got, you know, you were saying earlier something that I think is so on point. And um, I actually really liked your use of language where you said astrology has become really trendy, right? And it has, mm-hmm. it's definitely become something that's been massively commercialized. Um, and, you know, and that's, you know, just the way things go in this kind of, kind of world and this dynamic that we have created for ourselves. But I think the gift from that is that, you know, if you can really understand your child's chart, and it doesn't take too much to understand it. I know that that might seem really intimidating for people, but trust me, it's not quite as complicated as you might think. If you can really understand your child's chart, you can also understand what their innate needs are, what their innate tendencies are, and what might be, an, you know, if you really study it a little bit deeper, like what might be more challenging for them. And you can start to parent them in a way that is conscious, that is with your eyes wide open as to that, as, so that you can guide them because really, we, we don't, you know, we're their parents, they've chosen us to come through into this life. Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, my child is his own independent, autonomous being. And my job as his mother, I feel is very much to just be his caretaker. But for me, being his caretaker is also really understanding his cosmic DNA, it's understanding his makeup and understanding like what is what is the best environment for him to flourish in and not kind of going, you know, my husband and I have multiple conversations about this, because my husband is 
no, he's an architect. He comes from a different world and a different sort of consciousness. Um, and he's very on board with all the stuff that I do, but he'll kind of be like, okay, let's look to buy a house and like the, the best school district for like public schools that are, you know, re- doing really, really well, well which um, very practical, very logical, makes a lot of sense. But what I've said to him is, is listen, as Asher gets older, we might think that that's, you know, just because that school's got a nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 rating, that's awesome. But that might not be the best environment for him to flourish in. So for me, it's not about kind of going, oh, like, let's do things the old way that it was done, that our parents did it, where it's just like, buy the house and get the schools and put them in here and put them in there. It's like really looking at him and going, who is he? And what does he need? And who who is he telling us who he is? Like, you know, my husband's really into sports and things like that. I'm not particularly, I'm kind of lazy, but also just like hiking and things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but we don't, we don't know what this guy's going to be into, but it's, for, for me, parenting is about sort of saying, not what I want from my child, other than th- that he is the best, happiest, healthiest version of himself. That's all I want for him. Anything else is like my conditioning and my projection, which I'm doing a really, I'm trying my very best to not project that onto him because I don't think that that I think that would be failing him and failing myself Mm -hmm. as a mother as well Mm, yes can you give any specifics in the chart that you look at you know is it the big three or I tend to look a lot at the moon obviously that's that relationship to mother like how do you use it really good question so the big three as you mentioned um I think understanding that basic makeup cosmic makeup of the sun the rising and the moon um not only understanding where those lie so understanding the sun sign fully and understanding also looking at what house their sun is in because what house that their sun is in is how they're going to shine and how they're going to express themselves the most so understanding that understanding their rising sign and then looking at where their rising sign ruler is so for example my son is a cancer rising just like his dad, his dad's a quadruple cancer and he ended up being a Virgo sun and a cancer rising, but his moon is in Aquarius. And so Mm. actually he is, so when I look at that, I go, okay, he's a fourth house sun, which is, you know, that's where his son was found in the fourth house, which is just like me. So he loves being at home. He is a real home home body. On top of that, he's a cancer rising. That just amplifies the wanting to be at home. He loves his home life. He loves his room. He loves our home. He loves running around. He's like the king of the castle. But his moon, and you know, it means that he's an energy a mixture of earth, um, which is obviously Virgo is an earth sign and water. But then his moon is in Aquarius and that Aquarius moon, which is an air sign, makes him very intellectually curious and almost a little bit detached at times. Like it's not that he doesn't feel things, but he's just like he's not like super like if he was a a water moon, he'd be a lot more needy, I think. Right. He's actually mm-hmm. very independent and emotionally is just more like curious. Like I think that's what sort of satisfies him is like understanding things and investigating things. And you can just see his little mind ticking over. And so with that said, I really understand that those three elements are really ruling him. And I see that his sun shines at home. And so I see that he's going to be probably a bit of a homebody. And I can understand how to parent him a little bit better. Equally, if you want to take things a little bit further, 
you can look generationally and say, okay, was he, where was he born with Saturn? You know, where was my child mm. born with Saturn? There's a whole generation who are going to have Saturn in this. So that's going to be where they're going to experience some challenges and some growth and some tests and ultimately some success. And then where was his Chiron when he was, you know, he or she was born? Where their Chiron is, is also going to tell us this innate wound that every single person on this earth is born with an innate wound that they overcome at some point in their lives, right? So mm. it's just like understanding this mixture of, Firstly, who is the child? Like, what? How? How? How does their essence, their sun, shine? Which house is it shining in? What is their rising sign? Meaning, what is the filter through which they navigate the world, and what is the filter through which the world views them? What is their moon sign? What are their emotional needs? What are their emotional tendencies? What? How are they intuitive? Like, how do they operate emotionally? And then, what are the challenges and what are the blessings? Like, he has Jupiter in Sagittarius, my little boy, um, which is actually <laughs> conjunct my sun. So, mm. you know, I know that I'm lucky for him and he's lucky mm-hmm. for me. And so we have that. I know that, you know, Jupiter, Sagittarius ruled things will bring him luck and expansion and healing and all of those good things. So it's just like when you understand them in that way, suddenly your decisions about when to send them to daycare or, or school, which school to send them into. And, you know, I've also dived a little bit into his human design and things like that. It just gives you this framework, which is additional to you must get your child to meet this milestone by this age or do this by this age and all of those things. And I think it just means a richer way of parenting. Yes. Richer. That's the perfect word for it. Yes. And I think it just, it takes a little pressure off. At least I feel like some of the pressures taken off on that. My kid needs to be doing something at a certain time because they're just so different. I mean, they're in Aries and an Aquarius, like they're so different. And I actually heard someone I think it was Natalia Benson who had said, um, the moon is where, is where you feel the safest. And so I see a lot of moon energy at home in my children because they mm. are, that's where they feel the safest, especially around mom. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, gives me so much freedom and validation and they're, you know, Lily's moon is in Leo. So it's like, everything's wow. over the top <laughs> at home. But I'm like, oh, yes, she's feeling safe right now. So I just, I'm so grateful for that gift. And I love, I hadn't thought about the Chiron piece. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's a great tool as well. Toothpaste. It's part of our daily routine, but is it clean? I admit that I hadn't really thought about clean dental products until I discovered Boca. Boca is my go-to natural toothpaste and our sponsor for this week's show. So they're really two yummy toothpaste at Boca, the Element, which is a nice, clean, subtle, minty toothpaste, and the Cocoa Ginger, which is a sweeter, kind of fun flavor to mix it up. Their toothpaste are the first non-toxic natural toothpaste with science-backed ingredients that outperform fluoride. And they're made with natural ingredients and essential oils. They do not contain any sodium lauryl sulfide, fluoride, artificial flavors, or parabens, which you just know is not good in our bodies or our mouths. So I suggest getting the starter kit because with the starter kit, you get the toothpaste, you get a cute eco-friendly toothbrush, the natural vegetable wax flask, and a tongue scraper. Seriously, the best self-care for your mouth after you know brushing, of course. So if you wanna check out Boca, you wanna switch to clean, all natural dental products that taste good and keep you fresh all day, head on over to boca.com and use code yogamagic for 15% off your order. 
That's Boca, B-O-K-A.com and use code Yoga Magic for 15% off. Yeah, it's a good feel because also, you know, when Chiron and Saturn, what's interesting about those is if they're not, it depends how they're aspected as to mm-hmm. how the kind of influence that they can have. But it's just interesting because you will understand that an entire generation of these kids are being born, they incarnated at a certain time to experience that challenge together and to learn something for a generation. And I think that when you look at it like that, you get less kind of like, oh my God, my child has a wound and oh my God, they're going to struggle with this or struggle with that. Right. No, it's like an entire generation of them were born in Saturn and Capricorn guess what you know when my son has his Saturn return in 27 years time 26 years time now how scary is that um <laughs> but when he has when he has that Saturn I'm already like oh my god his Saturn return. no um when he has that it's just that some of the destruction that we've seen in the last couple of years collect you know is for the collective that generation is going to be rebuilding that for for mm-hmm. humanity you know and I think that that's such a it just allows you such a different perspective on you know your not only your parenting, but your child's life. And I don't feel, I, I would never want anyone to get scared or worried about their child. And, mm-hmm. But I would say to them that you can see things in your chart, in your chart and or your child's chart, which can explain to you potential pitfalls and you can parent them accordingly. And as best as you can, knowing that ultimately it's their journey on this earth plane, but as best as you can help them navigate that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just make this is filling me with joy because I I don't get to talk to a lot of people about this stuff. I can talk to um, my husband all day, and he's he's a Capricorn, so he's kind of like, oh, oh. okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, Cappies, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and it's so helpful, it's so practical, right? Like this is such a yeah. practical it's way. It's just practical. I think that mm-hmm. you know what is the point of all this. I think, you know, there's been questions raised about spirituality and wellness over the last kind of couple of years, which I think are really important ones, especially last year, specifically about the wellness industry, which is, you know, I think individual wellness is amazing and important and, and, and so important, right, to be the best version of ourselves. But at the end of the day, we want to be the best version of ourselves and we want to have all these tools to meditate, to do this, that and the other for ourselves and also for the world around us, right? So right. it's kind of like, but of our little bubble and then beyond our bubble even, right? So that we can play the unique role that each of us were created perfectly. We were created mm. perfectly imperfect to play a unique role in this lifetime. And I think that when we can understand that, that is what is going to contribute to this bigger shift for society, for humanity. And yes. I think that more conscious parents understanding that would be such a gift to the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. I, I, I feel it, but also who knows, right? Things can just... I feel it. <laughs> I, I also feel it, but I think that it comes down to individual integrity. And I think right. that's the most important thing that we can also offer the world, right? Is just to have real true integrity because that mm-hmm. is such a gift to yourself and to everyone around you. You hit on something that I think is, I mean, it's very important to what I talk about on this show, um, that being that we need to take care of ourselves first, right? Like there's just no way that we can't help. There's no way we can help other people take care of our children if we're not first taking care of ourselves. And I know that, um, you know, when, when Asher came and you were, in those throes of early motherhood, there were oh just struggles, you know, the, the breastfeeding yeah. struggles, which honestly, like people prepare us for birth, but I, no one told me that breastfeeding would be the hardest thing I would ever no. do in my oh life. My 
<laughs> it was so like, hard. This is so hard. How did you get through it? What, when did you go to, you know, your tools? Did they help? Like maybe just any thoughts that you have for all of us who've been there, because it's just, it's hard. You know, I think that what I find so humbling about motherhood and about the last couple of years of my life is how it has really humbled me and taught me in a way that as prepared as I thought I was. And, you know, my, my friend, really good friend of mine, Erica Chiddy is like co-CEO and co-founder mm. of Loom. She mm-hmm. was like, she's the most incredible doula and educator. And she was such a source of support to me throughout my pregnancy and postpartum. But in spite of having all these tools from people around me and from my own spiritual work, I couldn't see some of my unconscious patterning until after the event. And mm. some of my unconscious patterning really, you know, I, I, I think that and I want to say this carefully because I know that it's not, it wasn't easy for us either, that not everyone has the privilege to do this. And I couldn't do this really, is that we don't treat motherhood with the reverence that we should in society. Mm. And I do not think that women should be busting a gut to get back to work within six weeks or three months or whatever. I just think that I know that some of us are like, I'm self-employed. I have multiple businesses. Like it was I thought I was taking it easy and I wasn't. So a lot of what I was preaching and teaching to others and that I thought I was doing just because I brought things down a notch in terms, I had a newborn. I wasn't, you know, I had a newborn. Right. I was trying to breastfeed. And when I look, I was up writing blogs at 2 a.m. between feeds, you know, that I had to do for my subscription service that, you know, I mean, I really shouldn't have been doing that. At three weeks pregnant, I was called to do an event and I, I didn't have to do it. I could have said no, but I was like, oh, I'll go for a few hours in between pumping and in between feeding and go and do these, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's just all this stuff. And at six weeks postpartum, I was back doing a sound bath when I hadn't even, you know, not, not to be too sort of explicit, but I had, like a lot of women do, experience tears during giving birth and was, you know, sewn up. And some of that sort of opened those wounds open up again. And yet there I was playing a sound bath and healing other people. And when I look back, that was insanity. And mm-hmm. and and so and I'm sharing this because, you know, I think your question is so good, which is how did I help myself? Well, I didn't, but now how I can help, I didn't help myself enough until I realized at one point that I'd gone too far. And at one point I was sort of like, you know, I was also writing a book. I got my first book deal just around the time, that you know, just a few months before I was getting, going to have the baby. And so I had so much on my plate that, that I think when I really got really into the book writing process, I was like, something has to give. And I had put some real boundaries in place and I went offline for a few months, which was the best thing that I've ever done. Um, Cause it really taught me that, you know, we have this th- thing that we think I have to be online to do this, to do that. Or mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm going to lose momentum in my career. And it was absolutely just the story that I'd made up in my head. Um, and, you know, it, it was, it was a really time of like learning that, you can't do everything all at once and that, you know, you have to, there's only so much that one person, energy is infinite in some senses, but our personal energy needs to be managed so carefully. So it's ironic that I was writing a book about the chakras and and the energy body when this happened. Um, my, My only words to somebody else would be, and this is the same thing I'm saying to myself, if I'm blessed again with another child, is I'm taking some proper time off next time. Right. You know, I am not going to try and do it all and be it all. And I'm, I'm going to really give myself that. The other thing which I discovered a bit late, which is such a shame, was yoga nidra. So yoga mm. nidra to me now, I'm like, oh my God, any new mother in those <laughs> yes. 20 minutes in between, you know, those 20 minute half an hour naps, 
just do yoga nidra like holy cow that literally fills you back up again and allows you to kind of reset yourself and feel so rested and you know instead of kind of worrying about my milk flow and worrying about you know this that and the other I could have done with half an hour of that and I would have probably felt so much more mentally balanced but it was just those are the kind of tips I'd say to new mums is really give yourself time and understand that it might feel like you're stepping off the world and that your world will be falling down around you when you get back on but that's not true and the most important thing is you and the baby and your recovery and real recovery and I don't think it's six weeks you know I think it takes Mm. honestly I think it takes like in in total about a year to really recover from postpartum um Mm. from like not not even I'm talking about postpartum depression but just like from having a you've grown an entire human being and birthed them like we need to give ourselves more time but I think society needs to give us more time and I think that one of the things that is unhelpful in this time is we see sort of images of people online sort of bouncing back to it and you know everything's perfect and everything seems kind of whatever and I think that that just makes us all feel like we need to be doing the same and again coming back to our individual selves for some people that might actually work for them you know maybe their energy Mm -hmm. level is their their cosmic DNA works in that kind of a way where they can bounce back so quickly but what Mm -hmm. I learned about myself is I had an enormous amount of energy when I was pregnant with Asha I was super um, extroverted during, I mean, I always call myself an ambivert. I was super extroverted. I had a lot of expansion in my life, a lot of abundance, a lot of opportunities, just like enormous expansion person, like just in every aspect of my life. And then I gave birth to him and I needed that contraction. I needed to pull back big star. And instead of doing that, I only pulled back halfway. And I think that that was a mistake, um, that I don't beat myself up about because it has now allowed me to set really good boundaries in my life. Um, around what I can and cannot do and I think that's made me a lot happier so mm-hmm. I don't know that's a very long-winded way of answering your no, it's it's so real I the yoga nidra example I'm so glad you brought that up because I agree it's such a it's such a life hack it's oh so great. it's amazing <laughs> and yeah thanks for sharing that journey that it's so real and it's you know your story is is different than my story versus someone else who might be listening and I think we just have to listen to what's what's working for us whether it's yeah or contraction in that moment exactly. who knows <laughs> Who knows? And I don't think it's like, you know, I don't certainly don't want to say to anyone, like, if you're kind of like, if that is really your truth after your baby, that and and that's where you're at, and things just happen to be happening for you, then that's, that's, you should go with that. But it's like, be honest with where you're at. And if I'm honest, I needed some proper time off, and I didn't allow myself that fully. And so Mm -hmm. that's just my, my sort of story. So my last question, and actually you mentioned it here with boundaries, what now, what boundaries do you have for your home life, for your work life that allows you to keep healing people and creating and doing all the things that you're doing while still, you know, being there for yourself and for your family? Yeah, um, time management is a really big one for me. And, um, you know, what I used to do, which my husband would get very cross to me about, is I'd work all different hours of the week and night and day. And Mm -hmm. now because of my son, like he is my first priority. So the first priority is him. And when he has his long nap in the morning, I will do work and I will do something for myself and or I will do some, you know, do an interview like this. Like I will Mm -hmm. do all these kind of things um, in his nap. When he is awake, I'm really with him and I'm really hands on and I'm very present and I'm not really on my phone very much. Um, So I have a set amount of time and I don't want to work every evening. So I basically, I don't probably work around 10 hours a week now. 
mm-hmm. if that. And that's on multiple different businesses. It's on the Alchemy store, which is, you know, a store that I have online store with products. It's on Astrology, and it's my, my personal coaching and clients. So when I did my book, I was sort of, there was all this talk about a second book and all these conversations with publishers and agents. And I realized after my book that I didn't want to revisit that for a very long time because I, I can't take on anything else. Otherwise, I'm not going to be doing anything particularly well. So I think time management is and scheduling is just like the most important thing because if you can't manage your time you can't manage your energy properly and Mm -hmm. just understanding that you cannot you know you have to be risky like someone else who's listening they might say wow she only works 10 hours a week well yeah but I'm a full-time I have no childcare support you know I um I did for last year but I don't this year for, for a number of different reasons and I am doing everything myself so I'm doing the house I'm doing um my son and on top of that, I have some coaching clients and some people I mentor, people come to me random, you know, one-off readings and things. And then I have my, my astrology subscription community and business. And then I have my other business. So there's only mm-hmm. so much I can do. So 10 hours a week for me is like the maximum I can work. And that's something I'm seeing for the next few years until he really goes to school properly. Um, and I think that boundary is also just sort of your boundary with your phone. You know, I think that sometimes... Yes. The phone, like, I try and turn my phone off for at least 12 hours a day. So ideally from 8 to 8 or from 9 till 9, you know, the phone is off. And that's obviously I'm sleeping for part of that time, but it's just like I just need to switch off from my phone. Social media, I love social media. I love it as a way of connecting with people. It's been so expansive for me. It's brought in so many opportunities for me. But I found myself scrolling unnecessarily, like everyone does. Mm -hmm. And so for me... I often post and ghost. I will go on, I will post, I will connect, I will engage. And then I will log out and I will delete my my app and for a few days and I will pop back on again because I don't have the time to be scrolling randomly. Um, also, at the beginning of this year, I tried to do two different things, which I, I highly recommend your audience try it or you try it and let me know how you get on with it, which mm-hmm. is... They say it takes six, I think it's six weeks or seven weeks maybe to make a real change in your, in terms of a habit, to break a habit. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of this year, I decided I was going to stop looking at this one news site that really stressed me out. And it was either full of just like silly celebrity stories or just like really depressing, antagonistic political stuff. I don't even know why I was looking at it all the time, but it's like an addiction. Like I think that we get addicted <laughs> to looking at these things. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, what would happen if I stopped looking at that site for seven weeks? And it's because it's on autopilot. It's a bit like Instagram. Mm-hmm. I just look at it. So I stopped. And the first couple of weeks were really difficult. And because I was just like addicted to that kind of like, it's that kind of brain brain dump thing where you just kind of just want something to just like not think about anything, right? right? And you just look mm-hmm. at this thing as a habit. And instead, first couple of weeks, I kind of missed it. And then what was really interesting is I read different books. I read different news sites that were really informative. I got really into the Atlantic, which I'm now I'm a subscriber to. And I don't miss it anymore. And I have mm-hmm. no interest in looking at it anymore. And I will probably never look at it again, maybe in my life now. And I cannot believe that changing, just choosing to change one little, seemingly little thing could be so expensive. But again, it was a boundary. It was saying, let me put a boundary around that, to see where it can ex- allow me to expand in another area. And for me, it was like, bizarrely I was learning about finances and investing as a, instead of like reading all this rubbishy rubbishy <laughs> news great. that really stressed me out and it's like that's been really expansive for me and really good for my family you know so, yes um, that's another boundary that I would sort of um and a tool that I would recommend people to okay. try out 
Those are great. It's funny because in quarantine, I mean, we're so we're consuming things, but we're not mm-hmm. seeing a lot of other people. So I'm, I, you know, they say you're an average of the, what is it? Five people that you're five around. People, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes the five people I'm around are like people I don't even know because they're, <laughs> I'm consuming their content. And so yes, I, yes the boundaries about what you're bringing in and like, you know, new sources or even just like podcasts, like we're both in the podcasting space. And sometimes I don't even know. I'm like, am I friends with that podcast host? Cause I feel like I know them so well, it gets so blurry that I've had that to set up those such, similar boundaries. Yes. That is such a good point. I kind of want to do a post about that because I just <laughs> love that you said that. That is so, I mean, you just turned the light on in my head. You're so right. We are the summer. We are so affected by the people that we're around. But in quarantine, we're around our families, number one, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then it's what we're consuming. And I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. There are, you know, some people and certain things which I perhaps, for whatever reason, not to cast any kind of aspersion on them, they're great. It's just, is it really influencing me in the way that I want to? Do you know what I mean? And for my highest good. And right. I've had to kind of just go, I don't really want to consume that content content anymore. Well, there are some people where I'm like, I really feel uplifted by that. So I'm going to keep looking at it because it inspires yes. me. So that's an amazing boundary. And I guess it's, we've both done the same thing. I just did it with a news site where I was like, why am I reading about all these horrible <laughs> conflicts in the world? Like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I do think one needs to be educated, but I also think that where is that? That's the other thing with sort of quarantine is like, how much are we educating ourselves and being keeping ourselves informed to really help ourselves and or others? And to what extent are we being completely overwhelmed by a mass of content and information that overwhelms us to the point of paralysis, mm. right? That, that we don't actually make any traction in our own lives or, or for what we want to do to help others. And I think that that's something people have to be very careful of, like even to the extent of sort of, you know, there's so many things, there's so many causes that need attention. Um, but I've realized that, you know, I'm not going to serve the world by paying mere lip service out of pressure online to post something or say something. I'm better yes. off quietly sitting down and saying, what are the causes that are the most, because I can't care about everything. I, I think I read this Lynn manuel Miranda quote that said, you know, you can't choose everything. You can't choose to save every aspect of the world. So find the things that really resonate with you the deepest and the most and find your way of helping with those things. And that's something that I'm really, really passionate about because I think that, again, you know, otherwise I could be wasting all this time and energy doing something that isn't even authentic, you know, coming from this place where I should be doing whatever, I should say this about this or, or whatever. Whereas if I was posting about a tragedy or a problem in the world the whole time, I'd be posting every single day, every right. minute of every day. Like that's not what I incarnated to do, but I incarnated to help as well. So what are the things I'm most passionate about? So it's like, really, I feel like this year, not that you asked me this, but just kind of wrapping things up for us, I guess. (laughs) I feel like this year is the real year of like taking all the lessons from 2020 that we learned as a collective and individually and integrating them into our lives so that we live in better alignment, you know, Mm. because at the end of the day, that personal alignment if we can really master that for ourselves and our little bubbles, we can actually help the world in a, in a much more impactful way. Um, but when we are out of alignment, everything else is out of alignment around us. And so I think that for all of us, that that's where our, our individual wellness is important, to, not only to us, but to every every single being that we come into contact with. 
Yes. So beautiful. Thank you, Amy. I feel like I learned so much today. This is Aww. so fun. Well, I learned so much for you. I love that you gave me that little um Oh good. Um, I'm glad that landed. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> so like, really, really significant, really powerful and, and really o- o- really obvious, but really not until you said it. So mm. thank you for having me and swapping stories. Love it. Will you tell listeners, um, first, I want to just recommend your candles because I got the heart chakra one and I'm obsessed, obsessed. (laughs) It's so yummy. And I, it has, comes with a sound bath. So I've been playing it for my girls. We like wind down at night with our little candle and our sound bath. It's been so fun. (laughs) I love that. It's so good for kids. So good Mm -hmm. for kids. Yeah. You know, the candles came from, again, everything that I've done business-wise has never been strategic. It's all been very organic. And the Mm -hmm. candles came because I was obsessed with candles and scents and essential oils and burning candles as part of my rituals and obsessed with sound baths. And suddenly I was like, wait a minute, why don't I just make my own candles and create a sound bath that's specific to each candle theme? And so I did this with my best friend, John, who is my business partner on the podcast. Um, he produces the podcast and I did it with him and because and we just created these this range of candles and every candle comes with a QR code that you scan and you get to listen to your, as you know, you get to listen to your sound bath that's uniquely created for that candle. Every candle is Reiki charged by me. Every candle has received a sound bath that's being played whilst John pours the candles. And it's a really, it's just like a really it feels like a really wonderful product to put out into the universe at at this particular time and it's something that I never thought that I would do but here (laughs) I am now a candle maker (laughs) (laughs) that's how you have it I have no idea how these things happen but um I'm really proud of it. So I'm delighted that you enjoy it so much. Yes, I recommend it very much so. And then your podcast. I love your podcast. Um, I actually haven't read your book, but now I like I realize that I haven't, which is kind of crazy, Town. I'm gonna go and get that like immediately. Will oh. you tell listeners about that as well? Yeah. So as well as the Alchemy store, which does the candles, my podcast is just Alchemy with Ambi. And you know, I took a again, I took a year off after the baby, which was really something where I did put in a boundary because I suddenly realized I couldn't do it all by any write a book and have a oh podcast but Alchemy right. with Ambi the podcast is really just like a personal development podcast where I just I theme the episodes the solo solo episodes around the lunar cycles and take a theme of what's happening astrologically and talk about that in a very practical way for listeners to engage in personal development so I really enjoy that and I'm now also interviewing alchemists the people that I meet on my journey who are interesting and who have been through a journey of transformation and sharing their stories with my audience mm-hmm. um so that's something I love doing and then my book is chakras and self-care which is all about the, the energy body and it's you know if you're already like I don't know how much you've studied about it so for some people who are already have that basic knowledge it's probably um you know it's like they may, may need something a little bit more in depth but it's really a basic guide to the energy body and the seven main chakras in the energy body, which are just energy wheels in the body that regulate different parts of life and different parts of our emotions and our physical body, et cetera, et cetera. And how we can have a self-care practice that relates to our energy bodies and that relates to us keeping our energy bodies in balance and flowing all the time. And so it's a really wonderful book for those who are new to working with the energy body and are perhaps newer in their spiritual journey. It has lots of wonderful self-care tips and rituals for any time of the day, seasonal rituals, lunar rituals, all those kind of things. And it's one of the things I'm most proud of that book. Um, but it was kind of insane writing that with a newborn. I don't regret it at all. Um, 
but I won't be doing I think I'm going to wait till he's like five till I write my next book yeah. I've decided <laughs> I think he's going to need to be at school I need some like proper time to myself. <laughs> I cannot imagine trying to do that with a little one, but you'll probably have so many fond memories. Like every time you think about that book, you'll think about this special yeah. time and just like, yeah, no, it was I'm meant to happen. So, <laughs> it was meant to happen. I am so grateful. So, so grateful that I had that opportunity. I feel so blessed. Um, but yes, I'm waiting for the second one. My husband yeah. keeps saying it's going to be like a band that has like a hit a hit album and then they wait five or ten years till the next oh. one he's like you can wait you can wait a while before your next release and I'm like yes it's okay I'll wait a while <laughs> <laughs> I love that. well thanks again Ambie this was so much fun and I'm so grateful that that you were on the show and that you're able to share all of your gifts on your show and um yeah you're just doing a lot oh. of good work so thank you well Ashley thank you for connecting and um I'm grateful to you and I'm really looking forward to hearing our conversation again and sharing it with my guy, my people. So uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, Ambie, for all of your amazing goodness, for sharing your gifts. And thanks to our show sponsor, Boca. So I always pick brands that I use um, to partner with on this show, and it really allows me to keep doing this amazing work. So thanks so much for supporting our partners. And thanks for tuning into this show every week, everyone. I will see you next week.